Welcome to Expositional Excerpts. I'm your host, Matthew Pilch. I pastor Grace Fellowship Baptist Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Let's dive into the Word. For our first series in this podcast, we're going to dig in to the letter of Paul to the church at Ephesus. And to do that, before we get right into the text, I want to give a little bit of an introduction. The book of Ephesians, or the letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, is one of the most significant documents ever written. Uh, Samuel Taylor Coleridge called it the divinest composition of man. Uh, It is said that this was John Calvin's favorite epistle, and J. Armitage Robinson later described it as the crown of St. Paul's writings. F.F. Bruce regarded it as the quintessence of Paulinism because in, quote, large measure sums up the leading themes of the Pauline letters and sets forth the cosmic implications of Paul's ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, Lots of people love the letter to the Ephesians. And one of the things that we love about the book of Ephesians, or the letter to the Ephesians, is that it repeatedly draws attention to contrast throughout the book. So we're going to go through that as we go through the letter. But what I'd like to do in this first uh, episode here in this introduction is give a little bit of a background to the city and the church and everything. So the first thing that I want to talk about is how Ephesus became what we would call the Asiatic hub of the dissemination of the gospel. So the first thing that we need to do under that is look at where Ephesus is located. Uh, if When we talk about Ephesus, We're talking about the west coast of Turkey. Now, you can picture Turkey, and if you think just to the west of that, so if you're looking at a map, this would be to the left, you think of Greece, and Greece is a funny peninsula with a lot of different peninsulas kind of jutting down a bunch of fingers, right? That's the Greek peninsula, and that kind of protrudes south off of the European continent there, and towards the bottom of that peninsula all the way to the right, On the east side, that would be where the city of Corinth is. And of course, we have two letters in the Bible uh, to the church at Corinth, right? So that's where Corinth is. So think Greece and that five, you know, that that multi-fingered protrusion uh, down off of the coast of Europe there, or the, the continent of Europe. And then if you were to go directly east across the Aegean Sea, uh, from the city of Corinth, you would basically bump into Ephesus. Uh, once you hit the the country of Turkey crossing the Aegean Sea, that's essentially where it is. It was just four miles inland from the Aegean Sea. So now you kind of have a picture in your mind of where it is. Uh, the next thing that we want to look at, not only is the location of Ephesus, but when did Paul write this letter? Uh, there's not a whole lot of controversy about the timing of the letter. Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul. We'll get into the authorship here in a little bit. Uh, but most understand that he wrote it as a prison epistle, epistle during his imprisonment in Rome. And so it's generally dated A.D. 61 to 62. That does bring us to the author. And in Ephesians 1.1, we read this. Paul, 
an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. And of course, we get to the greeting a little bit later. But uh, it's a customary greeting by Paul, and his this greeting fits with the writing and the greeting of his other letters, and so it really does affirm Pauline authorship. This is one of the few uh, letters in the early uh, canon that was fully accepted and the Pauline authorship was fully ex- accepted and not disputed at all. Okay. Early church fathers uh, referred to him as the author. There was no disagreement there. Clement of Rome, AD 95, you know, just 60 or 30 years later, excuse me, is referring to Paul as the author. Ignatius shows familiarity with the armor of God, which is mentioned in Ephesians 6. Polycarp, who's John's disciple, cites Ephesians 4, 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. All right. And, uh, and then he also cites Psalm 4, verse 4. So you have a second generation, right? Somebody who sat under one of the apostles is now quoting this as scripture, and he's quoting Paul from Ephesians. Irenaeus quotes Ephesians 5.30, saying, Blessed Paul declares in his epistle to the Ephesians, and then he goes on to quote it. Okay, Marcion, who is a heretic, uh, did not doubt the Pauline authorship of this letter either. And uh, by the third century, so we're talking the 8200s, both the Orthodox and the heretics attribute the work to Paul. So it's very clearly a Pauline work here and, uh, and obviously set in the city of Ephesus. All right, so that brings us then uh, to the establishment of the church. Uh, and actually, before we go into that, we should just point out a little bit that there is a little disputation uh, you know, some people look at similarities and I just want to say this and, and it'll come up in other points and other discussions and other letters and other books of the Bible. Uh, but where we see agreement and we see overlap and we see repeated themes, that doesn't mean that there's plagiarism going on. That doesn't mean any of those things uh, for somebody who takes the scripture as divinely inspired. It totally makes sense that we would see common themes across the Bible, Right. I mean, that's what we would expect in the scriptures. If God is the author of the scriptures, and we believe that he is, then some things are going to come up from time to time. Well, guess what? If God uses the same author to write multiple letters, then he's probably going to say some similar things. And so it's no surprise then that we find out that uh, Ephesians shares some similarities with Paul's language to the church at Galatia. Uh, share some similarities to the church at Colossae, uh, to the Colossians, right? So uh, that shouldn't really throw us off, and and I hope it doesn't. Uh, When was the church established? Uh, For that, we actually go outside the book of Ephesians, and we can find a lot of early church history recorded for us in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapters 18 and 19, we actually find the founding of this church. So this church in Ephesus was uh, early in Paul's second missionary journey. It said that he desired to go to Asia in Acts 16, verse 6, but was forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's a commentator, Harold Honer. He places this uh, desire here, uh, this timing of Acts chapter 16, around A.D. 52, Uh, And then we know that after this, he spends a year and a half in Corinth, which is right across the Aegean Sea, like we just talked about. And then he goes from Corinth after that 18 months there to Ephesus for the first time. Uh, 
Uh, he leaves Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus when he departs for Antioch. That's recorded for us in Acts chapter 18, verses 18 to 21. Uh, and he proclaims Christ in the synagogues following his typical pattern. Remember, he says to the church in Rome, uh, he is not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That is his pattern of ministry. Uh, after Priscilla and Aquila are there helping out with the church after he leaves, uh, then a guy by the name of Apollos comes on the scene, and that's recorded for us in Acts chapter 18, uh, verses 24 through Acts 19, verse 1. And it seems that while Paul planted the seed for the church, Apollos came in afterward and potentially formalized the work, but it, of course it had its issues, Okay. Uh, Apollos goes back to Corinth after this, and Paul decides to stop back at Ephesus only to find that the gospel of Apollos uh, was John the Baptist's gospel, and so there was no Holy Spirit, so there's got to be some correction there. You see that taking place. Remember, the book of Acts, that'll come at a later podcast. That's really a transitionary period, so there's some things that have to be corrected there. We find that taking place in Acts 19, verses 1 to 7. And once the 12 uh, were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, that's Acts 19.5, we could probably say that that's really the formal start of the church. But it goes off with a rocky start. It's plagued with false doctrine, which would follow them forever. Okay, uh, Paul stays in Ephesus for three months. That's recorded for us in Acts 19, verse 8. Then uh, he extended his stay for another two years Acts 19, verse 10, we read this in the scripture, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Uh, and, and that's why he stayed there, to make sure that the church was founded and solid, okay? That's how Ephesus became the hub. I mean, that's where Paul is. He's writing and corresponding to other churches. He's doing a little bit of travel. He's always coming back there, though. So he's there in Ephesus for a total of three years. You can read that in Acts chapter 20, verse 31, all right? Uh, that brings us then to the Ephesian communication, and I think at that point we, we might end up having to, to leave off here, but uh, let's just wrap it up here with Ephesian communication. Uh, we see that there is some communication taking place starting in Acts chapter 20, verses 17 to 38. So he's writing to the church, and he's admonishing them not to shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God. He warns them that uh, false teachers are going to come up and rise among them from within their own midst uh, to deceive the, the people there. So then we have that correspondence recorded for us in Acts. We have the letter to the Ephesians, which is what we're going to look at here. But also there is a sense in which First and Second Timothy are also, uh, they, they also are to the church at Ephesus because Timothy is actually the pastor that Paul trained up and put there and appointed as the lead uh, pastor elder there at the church at Ephesus. And so first and second Timothy are also correspondents to the church. And then uh, we read about the church still in existence after Paul's death and sometime probably after Timothy's death, maybe by the time that John ends up writing Revelation, I take a later date of Revelation uh, in the 8090s, uh, but before AD 100, and God gives John uh, the vision of the churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, and one of those churches there is the church in Ephesus. And so you can read about that in Revelation 2, verses 1 to 7, about the church 
at Ephesus. All right. Uh, let's just close out here then with the central message of the book, and then we'll pick up with a further introduction on our next episode. Uh, one commentator said this, the central message of the book is cosmic reconciliation and unity in Christ. That's the central message. This emerges initially in Ephesians 1 verses 9 and 10. Let me read that to you. Let's back up. There's a big long sentence there at the beginning, uh, starting in verse 3. So it's hard to know exactly where to go. Uh, But if you look at verse 6, it says, To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth. So those last two verses there um, are argued to be kind of the central theme and message of the book in verse nine, that he is making known to us the mystery of his will. Okay. And that is found in summing up, or as the ESV says, to unite all things in him. So he reveals his will to us, and then his will is that everything would be united in Christ, things on heaven and things on earth. That really is kind of the capstone and sets forth the trajectory for where the letter is going. That'll do it for this first podcast uh, in our study in the book of Ephesians. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.